0: Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 263. Our guest today is the founder of Three Wishes Freestyles, a 15-year-old top-tier freestyle house in the U.S. She began creating freestyles in her teens and now works with her clients to create music and choreography for dressage riders that really connects with the riders and the judges. Her music has been featured in performances at regionals, finals, CDIs, Nations Cups, and CPDEIs for over 15 years. So without further ado, I would love to welcome our guest today. Collier Wimmer. Hi, Collier. Hi, Bethany. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. It's yeah. great, great to be on.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to hear like the ins and outs of what you do. <laughs> I find it so fascinating. Um, but how did you find yourself in the equestrian industry to begin with? Oh, that is
1: a that is a long and, and windy <laughs> road. <laughs> Love it. It's not. Um, it's not linear, right? I feel like some people just wake up and they're like this is what I want to do. I want to ride yeah. horses. So a couple of, I guess, factors kind of came together. So growing up, uh, my mom was always the big rider in our family. Um, she has done everything from eventing to now dressage, um, after she had her children, like cavallettes, look scary to her. So she is the big dressage rider in our family. And so I grew up, um, being around her and her horses, and going to shows. And so naturally I grew up taking backyard lessons um, and I did do IHSA in college, but really it was um, just a hobby, right? It was very much a, um, I love horses. I love being around them. These are amazing, beautiful creatures. I love supporting my family and my mom. But, you know, naturally when you're, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, you think dressage is this slightly boring. It's yeah. not as yeah. exciting as jumping. Um, so it took me a while to really get into it. Uh, and then I think when I was in high school, um, again, there's those different factors came into play. I had a background at that point in time in dance and uh, music um, and, you know, I grew up in the age where we were starting to get really technologically advanced with what we could do musically. And I was starting to learn that in school out of my own time. And uh, my mom's uh, friend at the time um, was, was kind of playing around with doing a freestyle. I said, ooh, let me take a crack at it. And I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, well, I think I could put music together. And I've been to enough shows. I know what it's like. And you know, 15 years later, here we are with the freestyle business. Wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so you're the owner of Three Wishes Freestyles, um, which yes. is for anyone who doesn't know, it's a company that creates music and choreography for dressage freestyle. So, mm-hmm. how did you end up creating a business that has, you know, now been around over ten years?
1: Yeah, by happenstance, really. Like I said, <laughs> I mean, this first trial and error freestyle years ago, um, I-, I didn't know that you had time requirements. I didn't know that you had level requirements. I didn't know what to export, the format of the CD, and, you know, all of these different things. And so it was really, um, I'd like to thank Google and the internet and the USDF and the FEI websites that <laughs> gave me a lot of guidance. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I think a love of music and a love of storytelling really kind of snowballed into pretty decent at this. And and I'd like to continue to get better at this. And people seem to like working with me. And I love working with all different combinations worldwide, uh, with all different levels. Um, And so, you know, at this point, I think I've done over 200 freestyles from all over, uh, para, able body, national, international. um, And it has become such a joy that I do day in, day out.
0: Give me a little bit of your experience as far as, you know, you were saying that there is, you know, quite a bit of a learning curve to create freestyle tracks, you know, specifically Mm -hmm. for dressage freestyles. So what are some of the things that you feel like you learned very quickly when, you know, being a part of this area of the industry? So when you think about freestyles, I like to equate it to movies,
1: right? And so freestyles to me are stories. Mm. It's a visual story built by taking, you know, two of your base senses, you know, hearing and seeing, combining them into one. And we think about great freestyles. It's it's an immersive story that can, you know, bring the audience to tears. You get the tingles down your spine. And it's one that invites you as the rider, as the judge, as the horse uh, or the spectator to, to be a part of. And so honing, How do we tell that story? Um, You know, how do we understand the psychological connection between our brains and music? How do we pick a musical theme that enhances the horse? How do we gamify the floor plan um, to create something that for five to six minutes, you know, you're absorbed in. Uh, And that is, something that I'm still perfecting, to be honest. Every combination I work with is different. Um, And so understanding that storytelling process, which is an inherently creative process, right? There's no wrong or right way to go about it. You just know when something is inherently wrong or inherently right. And so understanding that and getting to that point where you feel comfortable sitting in that process, I think is the biggest learning curve for me.
0: And I feel like your work goes far beyond just putting together a freestyle track. You work very closely with your clients um, to, mm-hmm. you know, like create that experience or kind of what they're envisioning also for their freestyle. So what would, what would you say, like, walk me through what the process is like from start to finish of creating a freestyle track for a client?
1: Yeah. So First and foremost, I like to have what I call discovery calls with my clients. Um, if I'm in town and I can meet them in person, fantastic. Most of the time we'll do it over Zoom or phone call. And I really love to understand them and their dance partner uh, as a combination, right? So what energizes them musically? Um, you know, has their horse listened to any music? Believe it or not, horses will react to certain kinds of music, whether Mm. that's poorly or, or they get really excited. Yeah. Uh, But understanding that kind of thing, you know, understanding their goals, I think is really important. Do they want something that's just fun and they can go and ride it a thousand times and they don't care what scores they get or do they want to be competitive with this and aim for something, Um, you know, so really understanding them as a partnership, you know, their horse's personality, the rider's personality, what kind of music they like, what kind of music they don't like, uh, I think is the biggest first step and it's okay if riders don't know what music goes with their horse you know a lot of times I'll have riders that are like I have no idea but I'm open and I think being open is the biggest gift that you can give your freestyle designer because what I'll do after that conversation is I'll ask them to send me a video of them riding and it doesn't have to be a test video, it can be them in a lesson, it can be them you know, just schooling one day, as long as I can get a majority of the movements and the gates. Um, and so what I do with that video is I'll take it I'll take the conversation notes that we had and any, you know, say they really want to pull something Hans Zimmer or they really do not want anything from, you know, the Bridgerton soundtrack, right? And so I will take those notes, I'll cross-reference it with the musical library I have, which I think at this point is like, four iPods full of music (laughs) Um, and I put it under the video. And so what I send back to my client is the video of them riding with different musical options underneath. And it is generally a wide range, the first demo option that we do. And I'm saying, here's what I think would not only visually enhance your horse, but present a way to, for us to tell a story. And and does that music choice resonate with you? And so at this point in time, it's really looking at what I like to call the aura of the story. Um, and so, you know, things like beats per minute aren't matched yet. It's, you know, rough transitions, but this is gonna give you like the mood board of the freestyle. Mm-hmm. And so from there, clients and I will have a conversation of, you know, sometimes they find something that resonates with them and it's a gut instinct, right? Like they know and they're like, yes, this is it. Or we go through a couple of more rounds of demos and we have debrief sessions on, you know, why that works and why something doesn't work. I had a client, we went through, I think, eight different demo rounds wow. before we found her music, but then she went in one finals. So it, right. it takes time, but it's so worth it having that good repertoire with your designer and going through that process.
0: Yeah, no, I I feel like there's just, like, so many elements. Like, what are are kind of, like, all the factors besides, you know, the horse and his personality and the rider and horse dynamic? I feel like you have to think about the venue, the location, the judge, Mm -hmm. that, like, there's so many different things. Like, what are judges looking for in a freestyle round when it comes to, you know, your area of expertise with the music? Right. So judges –
1: I think for them, based on my experience, they want a couple of things. They enjoy being able to slip into what we call absorption state. So when I talk about storytelling, know and that psychological connection our brain has with music um the limbic system in our brain which is one of the oldest systems creates what we would call an absorption state so it's an intense focus on something that can alter emotions or ways of thinking and it basically results in a loss of self-consciousness and so music has the ability to hit that absorption or engagement state and music can either intensify, dampen or maintain whatever emotional experience. So when a judge sees music, hears music, that's that audio bass sense that we've got and it matches visually with the horse and we edit the music in a way that is seamless cuts and transitions, that flows with the music and the horse basically becomes the visual representation of whether whatever the music is doing then for them that is a really solid freestyle and then on top of that you add the technical elements so if a horse is performing the floor plan above the level required they like to see that Um, they like to see creative floor plans that flow well but aren't over choreographed you know, they like to have movement within the music. So if you're doing an extended trot or an extended canter, the music should match that. Things like that. So basically, matching the flow visually with the audio and then gamifying that floor plan. Um, But then like you mentioned on the rider side, if you have a horse, like I had a client years ago that she really wanted to do freestyle, but her horse was very sound sensitive. And so when you think about, okay, how do we build a freestyle that keeps the horse comfortable and she's going into finals and she's going into big stadiums, you know, how do we build that well? Because the last thing we want to do is have a nervous horse and give them a bad experience in the arena.
0: Is there a certain range of beats per minute that you are looking at for the music?
1: No. Okay. <laughs> so this is the cool thing about technology these days. So before we had iTunes, before we had Napster and the interwebs and we were all on LimeWire downloading songs illegally, mm-hmm. we could say, okay, my horse has a trot cadence of 142. Now I have to go find a song that has that same beats per minute. Mm-hmm. And here's my short list of songs for that range. Nowadays, I can take something that is in a trot cadence, so it's got that that you know quarter or half note beat, right? And I can say, okay, if that's a trot cadence. Within a certain range, I can adjust it to match the horse's beats per minute. So wow. really, that opens a door of a limitless possibilities for us. Definitely.
0: What are some trends that you've seen in the industry, and in, you know, in terms of types of music and freestyle? Do you feel like there's maybe like a rift between those who are like more contemporary versus more traditional? Where do you kind of see those trends going lately? It's interesting.
1: I I think when you get to, it'd be great, I wish I could watch like all of the smaller local and national shows that happen. Um, I feel like you get a, a better idea of what's going on there, but looking at specifically CDI rings, right? Over the years, I have seen a lot of contemporary and um, more pop music coming in from America and, and Europe, which I think is really interesting. Um, like I saw a house EDM freestyle at the, at the Wellington season yeah. this year, um, which was so much fun. And you wouldn't think judges would enjoy that, but it scored so well. Um, you also have seen a lot of musicals, which is interesting. So I've seen Phantom of the Opera. I have seen the Greatest Showman several times. Um, I have seen Encanto. There's a lot of musicals that, you know, I've seen come through um, in uh, especially a lot of the younger writers that, that are kind of gravitating towards, towards those kind of elements. But really it, it's still at the base of it. It's still a very individual thing. And, you know, when you get to know a writer pretty well, you kind of can guess what music they're going to want to gravitate towards. Like if you look at Stefan, he's done amazing, Stefan Peters, he's done amazing uh, pop and dance freestyles for years. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of are like, okay, Stefan, what kind of party are you going to have this time around? And it's really fun. And so,
0: you know, I've seen a couple, but it's really so
1: individualized. Mm
0: -hmm. Ecogold has always been on a mission to modernize the saddle pad and improve your horse's safety, comfort, and performance. Ecogold has really continued to be at the forefront of innovation. I personally am so fortunate to be a part of a top team in the hunter-jumper world at Heslink-Williams, and we only use Ecogold's fitted pads for showing. We're in good company because Olympians like Boyd Martin, McLean Ward, Jacqueline Brooks, Jessica Phoenix rely on EcoGold pads every single day. So, to get more information about EcoGold, you can visit their website at ecogold.ca. That's E C O G O L D.ca. What would you, like, how would you describe your own personal freestyle? Like, would you, (laughs) like, what what was, what's your style? What kind of elements would you include if you were creating a freestyle track for yourself? Mm, So it's funny. So my,
1: my best and toughest client is my mom. And (laughs) she and I are very similar in our music tastes. And if we listen to something in the car, so right now her Grand Prix freestyle is to two soundtracks. It's to uh, the Hans Zimmer Kung Fu Panda and then it's also to the New Shang-Chi similarly mm-hmm. because they are very similar in how they sound. Um, but it's got these beautiful soaring floating notes, but it's got this really great underswell that just mm-hmm. brings out the emotion. Uh, it's very similar in terms of an emotional response to Charlotte Dujardin's How to Train Your Dragon Freestyle. Yeah. So I think if I had to you know, say what style is mine. I think that would be, that would be that.
0: <laughs> if you could make a freestyle track for any celebrity rider, who would it be?
1: Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, that's tough. Oh gosh. You know, I adore Catherine Bateson. Hmm. Um, she has been such a positive influence uh, in, in my life um, and in so many lives of, of friends. And she has actually, her designer that she uses, Tom Hunt, has been a phenomenal mentor to me off and on during the years. And I admire him so much. Um, so not to try to like steal her away on the podcast, <laughs> but she, if she ever came to me and said, hey, let's just like throw music ideas around. I think I would just melt in a puddle Oh my gosh. Um, simply because she's just such a positive light in the dressage world.
0: Totally. Oh, that's so cool. Um, you have been, you know, like featured through your music in performances at like regionals, finals, CDIs, Nations Cups. Tell me a little bit, do you have any like special moments of riders or events that stick out in your mind um, from where your music was played? So
1: there's one outside of my mom, because my mom rides in CDIs and every time I watch her it's, it's, well, I can't watch. It's horrible. I have like a nervous (laughs) breakdown on the end gate. And I, and I, my poor Apple watch is like, are you having a heart attack? Should I call 911?
0: (laughs) It looks like you're running.
1: (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Um, outside of them, I think recently. So, um, do you know JJ Tate? Mm -hmm. So she, um, has been a longtime client of mine. And this past year, we, um, updated her Grand Prix freestyle for Derby and, I wasn't there for her first freestyle comeback after she was cleared of breast cancer. Um, I know I I heard about it. There was a standing ovation that there was tears, Mm -hmm. uh, but I did get to see it in Wellington this past season and watching her go with Derby under the lights after she's been through everything after Mm her. you know her trials and the fact that she has remained positive and strong through all of this and it's been just amazing to see that and have that and be part of her team in Wellington this year under the lights was just something incredible and I'm tearing up thinking about it. It was, I think I'm so glad I was wearing waterproof mascara that I, I was like a big ball (laughs) of tears. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Amazing. And I mean, it's something about, I feel like there's that extra level of it that is, the music aspect of that—that that mm-hmm. I feel like you know—it all it stirs emotions in you in general. Um, right. But on top of that, like for anyone watching who also knew the backstory of her life and her journey, it, it must have been such an incredible experience for everyone around.
1: It was, and and it and I told her so. Her music that she picked. most of it was from this um, fantastic movie Treasure Planet that I told her had a very special near and dear place in my heart. It was a movie that uh, still is a movie that my little brother and I watch frequently and it's a bonding movie for us and Mm -hmm. so to have that extra added element of pixie dust on top of it you know freestyles invite you to be part of something that is bigger than the moment Mm -hmm. and and being able to watch that live and say I was a part of that is just better than anything else. Truly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because I'm not super familiar with the niche within this industry. Mm -hmm. Are there a lot of freestyle houses? Are there a lot of options for dressage riders? Are there a lot of use? What's your community like?
1: There's a great community. Um, and I think I've been very lucky to, to have been mentored often on the years by, um, like I said, Tom Hunt over in England, um, Terry Gallo in Florida, um, who has really built uh, and done a majority of the legwork for for bringing freestyles to, to the spotlight. They are in the U.S. Um, over the past decades. Um, you know, those are the two people I'm closest with, but there are quite a number of freestyle houses out in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people that do it and there's a lot of people that are getting more into it. Um, I see more and more people pop up every year, which I think is great You know, for, for people that are looking for a designer, um, looking for you know help or, or just wanting to understand more about the process. Cause I know for a lot of people, especially ones that haven't done a freestyle, I can seem like a very scary black box and you don't know, and you just see them on world cups yeah, and Olympics. And you're like, right. I have no idea how to get started. I would say you know, go talk to your coach, do, do a little bit of Googling, find someone, you know, you can always ask for a conversation with the designer and see if you mesh with them, see mm-hmm. if, you know, this is going to be a good fit. And if not, you can walk away and find someone else. Um, There's a a lot out there. And so I think, you know, my advice to people getting out is just go and Google and see, have conversations. You know, I'm always happy to talk with people and give them whatever information they need. Um, In terms of the freestyle community ourselves, we've got, like I said, there's a great community that I'm a part of in Florida. Um, I've got mentors all over. I think everyone is just really we're all in this together, right? Because the rules are constantly changing and evolving and updating. And so we're all kind of in it, trying to figure it out together and and keep building some some great
0: stories. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What would you say is something that you are passionate about in the industry that you feel like people either don't talk a lot about or don't know enough about?
1: I love to to put an emphasis on the fact that a freestyle to me is a living entity, right? It's not just slapping some music down on a track and creating a floor plan and mm-hmm. and going in the arena. It is a constantly evolving entity. And there's so much thought and detail that goes into every little element. You know, one of the first questions I ask my riders is, what reign do you want to enter on? You know, what side of the arena is better for you? You know, what, you know, how do we want to combine movements? Um, and so for me, it's, you know, constantly tweaking the music, constantly updating the choreography, constantly reevaluating feedback. And so, you know, with me, a lot of my clients, you know, I'm with them year round and it's we'll have debriefs, we'll update the floor plan and the freestyle every couple of months if maybe, um, you know, it, it's not just a one and done. I think the other thing, just thinking out loud here on what's up and coming that I've been putting more and more thought into is we're seeing a trickle down in the technical difficulties and that's impacting time constraints. Hmm. So what I mean by that is on the top levels for Grand Prix CDIs, you are now required to submit your floor plan before you ride. There is an online data or an online base, I should say, when you Mm -hmm. input your floor plan and it'll automatically score your degree of difficulty. And this was done to kind of level set the playing field for technical marks. But it's also given riders impetus to become more and more complex with their uh, movements and their combinations. So we'll see, like Ben Ablane will do, I think it's like a double pirouette into pee off. And so what that's doing is that's shaving out time for your freestyle floor plan. And so you're seeing that compressed combination of movements start trickling down into young riders and into national levels. And so then you're hitting like, okay, I've got 30 seconds. I've done all my required movements. I've got 30 seconds left. What do I do? And so kind of reevaluating, you know, how far out do we space combinations? How far out do we space movements? Does that, if we do space out movements and combinations, does that reflect more poorly on a combination than if they did them together, because another combination is doing things together. And so that's kind of something I've been thinking more and more about this year. Uh, And it's been quite an interesting challenge, I will say.
0: Yeah, and I feel like there's also, I mean, the more and more you learn about it, and I mean, me as an outsider too, um, of just how involved it is and how much you are a part of that rider's, you know, journey and success mm-hmm. and, and story. Um, does it help for you to, like, for, for you to have a really good understanding of dressage? Like, how much has that part impacted? Or do you feel like there are different, you know, freestyle houses that maybe aren't heavily involved in the industry, like personally or riding, like tell me a little bit about that dynamic. Cause I feel like it would definitely be helpful to have that experience as, you know, like riding dressage yourself and understanding the ins and outs of it. Right. So I can't speak
1: to other freestyle houses. Um, I know some are more heavily involved in the writing aspect than others mm. for myself. Um, and I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, you know, yes, I grew up writing, but I also grew up as a competitive dancer for 15 years.
0: Oh, wow. I'm and sure that's, that's helpful. Having,
1: having that kind of dual mindset of knowing how to sit in the pocket of the music, but then also understanding the fundamentals of riding and dressage, um, and, and helping people, learn how to ride to music. Cause it's very different than writing a technical test, mm-hmm. uh, I think has been a, a great big benefit. Um, and, and it's something you can learn, right? I, I learned so much by just sitting and watching lessons and sitting and, and watching other people. Like you can just sit and watch and you'll pick up so much over the years just by um, being there and, and having an open mind to what you're understanding and learning the components of. Um, and I think it's really helped when I work with um you know riders that haven't ridden a freestyle or you know young riders um or juniors and you know helping them go okay you need to go three strides into you know the diagonal before you try to set it for a half pirouette Mm -hmm. and you know don't try to override it you know things like that and teaching them you know okay sit in the pocket of the music your horses have a giant metronome now now that Mm. we've adjusted the beats per minute don't rush. You've always got more time. I think having that mindset of, I know what it's like, I may not know all the the written technical components, but I know Mm -hmm. what it's like to be there mentally, I think is great in helping my clients continue to get
0: comfortable with their freestyle. Definitely. Definitely. Well, Collier, thank you so much for taking the time and giving us a little insight on freestyle music. And I think that what you're doing is so cool and so interesting. I think there's um, a whole different like mini world within this already, (laughs) you know, equestrian bubble. And so it's so cool to learn about all of those dynamics. And um, I think there's so many people who are into horses and into music that will find this fascinating so i appreciate you taking the time and i wish you all the best
1: thank you so much for having me i hope y'all everyone walked away with a little understanding and it's not a scary big black box anymore um freestyles are a wonder to make and a wonder to ride um and if you have um any any desire to even try one i say go do it
0: go do it go find music you love and go ride to it